Good morning. My name is Jim Barcliffe, the pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship, and we're glad that you have chosen to join us today by Zoom or YouTube or Facebook or the website. Anyway, we can communicate with you the good news of Jesus Christ. We want you to know Jesus. We want you to know the confidence that we have and what Jesus Christ did for the world when he took the sins of the world, all of our sins. And we have a, a special guest with his, us today, and her name is Andrea Pozo, and she is from Quito, Ecuador. We have uh, obviously commented before that her and her husband and family have watched us on uh, Zoom there in Quito, South America, and uh, she is here in person today. She has a special word for us, and her church's name is Iglesia Evangelio Eterno, and uh, that is a special. That name was given prophetically, I know, to uh, the pastor and, and to this church and I believe it holds great significance as far as the preaching of the word. So uh, we want to welcome Andrea to us today. She has a special word. And you want to be encouraged? You listen to the Lord in and through his servant, Andrea. And so uh, we want to welcome her today. Let's give her a round of applause. Thank you. Amen. morning everybody it's so wonderful to be here I've been watching you the whole year that we've been in the pandemic and I was so glad that you started live streaming while we were locked at home not being able to do much but it's been wonderful and I'm, I'm so glad I'm, I feel very blessed to be here this morning with you and um, uh, Pastor Jim was saying uh, me my husband and I we are in charge of the uh, church back home in Quito, and um, we've been, uh, he, my husband's been the head pastor for almost three years now, before that my father was in charge, and it's been different, definitely, with the whole COVID thing, I mean, the transition was hard in itself, but the COVID situation has definitely made it interesting, <laughs> and we, at, back home, we're still uh, locked down on, like, the churches are not open yet. We are praying for that to happen soon, and so it's a real treat and a blessing to be here in person with actual people gathered. <laughs> it's it's an honor to be here. So um, this morning I wanted to share with you a word from uh, the book of Numbers, and it should be up on the screen, um, Numbers 13, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to read from the NIV version which says, uh, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. For each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Okay, so many of us know the story and what was going on, but I want to go back a little bit and explore how we came to this moment. How How is it that uh, this moment of sending... Uh, explorers came to be but we have to back up like a, a lot to 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 see that so like more than 400 years before that Abraham had a talk with the Lord and the Lord just told him to leave his land and just go and he didn't really tell him where he was going he just said go and Abraham being an obedient faithful man just went and after he had parted ways with his nephew uh, Lot he heard from the Lord 
in Genesis 13, uh, verses 14 and 15, that the Lord said to this to him, he said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, he said, look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about this in uh, Bible school this morning. And um, at that moment, Abraham parted ways with his nephew. And his nephew chose, got the first pick of where he was going, right? So he looked at the land and he saw which land looked kind of more fruitful and nicer. And he picked that side and Abraham got the other side. But he was fine because he had this promise from the Lord that that was going to be his uh, land for his family, for his descendants forever. And imagine that situation for for a moment. You know, a- Abraham didn't know what was going to come of that empty land, but he heard from the Lord. And therefore, uh, upon his command, he just went and and live there, and settle there. And as far as he could see, the Lord offered that this would be his. He promised it. So if, if the Lord promised him, you know, it, it was a done deal. He had promised. And Abraham obeyed, and we know that he was a man of faith, and therefore he obeyed, and the blessings came. And this, and he became blessed abundantly. He had uh livestock and we know he had tents and we know he had uh, servants and he became a powerful man and we could read all about that uh, in the book of Genesis and did he make mistakes along the way yeah he, he surely did some of those mistakes even impact us today you know and um, but still his heart was obedient to the Lord and he wanted to do what, the, what was pleasing to the Lord. And, and the blessings came. And he became powerful in this land. But then we fast forward a little bit. And he, we also see that after he was blessed, he, was, he had a heart that was not only willing to obey, but to give willingly from his resources to the Lord. And he had a heart for for giving. We know, like, he was even willing to give his own son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. So he had this heart. So it wasn't just about obedience. His heart was really in it. And he was blessed. And then, years and years later, we see uh, his descendant, Jacob, walking to the land of Egypt voluntarily with Abraham's, Abraham's descendants, and, of course, they arrived to Egypt as guests initially. But then 430 years later, they were crying out to God to, to free them and to, to help them, to save them from the situation they had gotten in and to release them from this bondage of slavery. And, and, and they cried out, and, and the Lord heard them. And we see this. Like how it changed over the years. First, we have on one hand Abraham, this blessed, wealthy man living in the land the Lord had promised him, and then we see his descendants, to whom the land was also promised, living in bondage of uh, slavery in Egypt under the Pharaoh. So, 
during that time, during those centuries that they spent in Egypt, the people had a, like a, a dual way of thinking. In a, part of their mind knew about the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and that he was powerful and, and mighty, and that's why they cried out to him. But another part of them, they had gotten used to the life in Egypt, to their gods, to their traditions, to their culture, to just living the way the Egyptians lived, even as slaves, but getting used to like the way they lived there. Even their food. We, we see them talk about the food so much <laughs> later on when they were complaining. They got used to everything. They weren't slaves, but they were slaves in Egypt. And, and we know that Egypt was a powerful nation, so it was a fancy place to be. Even as a slave, it was the place to be. You know, speaking in terms of the world, it was a good place to be. But obviously they were slaves. And still they were suffering and they cried out to the Lord. And he acted in the most powerful way and, and released them and got them out of there. And he displayed his power and might and everything. And when he got them out of Egypt, where was he taking them? Did God have a plan, or was he just, let's see, like, where we go from here? Like, get out of Egypt, and we'll figure out from there. No, he was taking them to the land that he had already promised Abraham that would belong to his descendants. And then we go back to this verse that we had up in in Numbers 13, 1 and 2. If you could uh, put it up on the, uh, the screen again, maybe. The Lord said to him, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. For each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. And that's when we come to this situation. Look at the characters that we have at play in this like small passage. First of all, we have the Lord talking to Moses and giving him a, uh, a command to get some men together and send them to explore. Then we have, uh, obviously, Moses listening and obeying and gathering this men. And then we have these men. But who were these men? It says that they were leaders of the tribe. They weren't just some random people that were picked and or even volunteers that were uh, excited to go explore. They were leaders, leaders of the people of Israel. And so they were in charge obviously, of the, of the tribes. There were people who, who knew about this God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and th that's why they were leaders of the community, right? So that's what we would think, at least, that they, that's why they were leaders. And when God tells them to, tells them through Moses to go and get, to look at the land, and then report back to him after 40 days, he doesn't tell them, go and evaluate, and then let me know if you think I am capable of giving this land to you. He said, go explore and just let me know. Let Moses know what the land that I will give to you looks like. It wasn't a possibility that maybe if the situation was calm or easy or whatever it might be, he could possibly give them the land. It was a done deal, like we said before. He had promised Abraham that this land would be his descendants, and the explorers knew this. 
They knew about this promise. They were leaders of their tribes. They were people who were in charge of the rest of the people of, of, of God that were in the wilderness at the time. And therefore, when they knew that, they, we would think that they knew that the promised land was a promise and therefore a reality because God would never go back on his promises. He just promises something and, and we know we got it. So they represented every tribe and then they, they went and we know what happened. They're ready to, to go on this quest and explore this land that was to be given to them. And, and now I, I want to like stop with that story there and think about the situation we find ourselves in today, this difficult and like strange pandemic situation. You know, it, it has changed all of our lives, all of our lives, some maybe more than others. Some areas of our lives have become a little bit uncomfortable. Others have become very uncomfortable and complicated. But we have we, we have great things going on. Like here, you you guys have the possibility to gather with your brothers and sisters. I don't I don't yet have that back home. And in this year, we've certainly le learned a lot about ourselves. I think. Um, about ourselves, how we react to being at home without our activities, about our families and how that family dynamic is working, the relationship, who gets along with whom without being able to go anywhere, um, relationships with other, and how we interact with the difficult times. And I, there's one thing that... Uh, Will, will happen, you know, soon when uh, everything changes again. We will have to figure out what we're going to say about this. In my city, back home, every two weeks the city council meets and uh, they come up with the restrictions that are going to be uh, in place for the next two weeks. So we also learn that we really can't know what's going to happen next. We never really did, but we kind of thought we did. We kind of thought we had some control about our plans for the future. It wasn't really true. But we all lived in, in, a, in a way that we thought we could control it. We thought we could uh, plan ahead and, and think, oh, I'm going to this place or that place for a vacation next year, or we really don't. In my case, I can tell you, I can know for only two weeks even what day I can take out my car for those two weeks. So I really don't know anything, but we all learned that, that this control situation was an illusion and that, that, it, wasn't, that, that it wasn't really there and that a lot of things that we thought were a given, like the fact of being able to gather in our churches and, and share and, and have this fellowship with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ was also a given, especially here in this country. It's like, who's going to take that away from us? But then it was gone in a way we never expected. And I want to tell you that in this, in this moment in the history of, of your nation, and I tell you this because God has put a profound love for, for this nation in my heart, and, and, I, I, and I pray for you, and, and I I'm try to keep uh, up with the events that are coming here. 
Imagine that you were one of the spies. And after this pandemic, you had to go back to Moses and give your report about what you saw in this nation. Okay? So, you were sent, you looked around through this pandemic, and then you came back with a report. So, hundreds of years ago, you know this better than I do, of course, the Lord gave you this land, this country, to worship him freely, right? And he promised that, or he gave that to you. And you've had that blessing for hundreds of years now to be able to worship him freely in this country. The rest of the world, we've looked at you in awe, like looking at how free you have been to worship this country. But now, if if you look at what's going on, um, there's stuff going on, just like the explorers saw in the promised land. You know, the land is still here. The Lord is still the same. And yet there are problems, and there are a lot of them. And if you were to come back after exploring this land of the United States after this year of pandemic, what would be on your report? When the leaders came back, we know what happened. You know, we, we know what happened. And there was one of two ways that the report went. It was most of them said, yeah, there's a land. Yeah, I, I, we saw the fruit. They're giant. Here's some grapes. They're massive. And, um, but the giants out there, the giants are just gigantic. They're, they're just too big to be dealt with. The issues in the land, the walls, the walls are really big. And, and the problems going on, they're just, we can't handle them. And there was just one that came back and, and, and that we know that was Caleb. And then Joshua, uh, joined him and said, yeah, the giants are there. Of course the giants are there. It's not that we, went to explore a different land. I saw the giants as, as much as you did. But the Lord promised that he would give us this land, and therefore he will. You know, And, and we, he saw the possibilities. He saw the giants. Yes, he saw the giants, but he saw the possibility of everything that the Lord could do out of his might and power to give them back the land that he had promised them so they could worship him freely. Because that was the whole point of getting out of Egypt. It wasn't just that they had, a, you know, a better hours of work or, you know, better salaries or whatever. But it was that they could worship him freely once they got out of there. So he, he trusted the Lord. He trusted the Lord and his promise to give him the land. We know, we know the consequences, sadly, of what happened to the ten spies that didn't trust the Lord. They went on the same exploration. It's not like Caleb went on a different uh, route and he didn't see any of the bad things. That's why he came up with a different report. He saw it all. But sadly, the, the ten spies and their generation never got to see the promises of the Lord, of the promised land. They were taken care of, but they never came out of the wilderness into the promised land. Not because they were lying, because it was true. The giants were there. A little bit later, they kind of started embellishing the situation, and then the giants became bigger, and they were like grasshoppers, and, you know, things unraveled from there. But they weren't lying at first. They, they, they were telling the truth about the giants. 
But the situation is that the problem wasn't the giants. The problem was that they didn't trust that the Lord would take care of the battle that they had in front of them. What was to happen for them to be able to take back that land that was promised to them? They would have to go into battle. Was the battle going to be easy? No. Okay. <laughs> the late, it was not going to be easy. <laughs> I tell you that. And um, But they were ready. They could do it. Why? Because they were strong. the strongest people? No. They were the best army in the world? No. They had the most powerful, mighty Lord. And if he had promised something, it was a done deal. So that's what happened to the ones who trusted. And I mean, the spies, I, I want to think about the, those spies who were leaders of their tribe. They were part of the people of God. And that looked at the land and all they saw was problems. And they couldn't see the Lord through those problems. They couldn't see a way to victory. Even though they knew the Lord, they couldn't see a way to victory because they were focused on the giants. And I think that is something that has been happening to us as, as a church this year, that we've been seeing the problems, and the problems are big. I mean, there are some big problems that we never thought we would have to deal with. And we we see uh, in your country there's division going on and opinions that are very opposite from one another and we don't know what's going to happen if, if people are going to come back after uh, the pandemic or if there's going to be an after the pandemic. We, we, we really don't know anything. So we see a lot of problems and those problems are real. I tell you, they, they, they're there. You're not imagining that the problems are there. They are there. And they're probably, they are, they are giants. They are giants, but you and I, we have this powerful Lord that can defeat those giants. But we have to be ready for battle and say, yes, I trust the Lord. Therefore, if I want to take this land again, this land that we're, where we were free to worship, where we're free to worship the Lord, well, then I'm ready to go into battle because he's the one who's going to give us the victory. He's going to be the one to give us that land back for us to be free to praise his name, to worship him, to live freely. How long did it take? It took a while. It took a while for them to to fight all the enemies that they encountered once they got to the promised land. Because it, it, it's not that they got there and it disappeared. The problems disappeared. But the people who didn't trust the Lord didn't even get to go into those battles. They didn't even get to see the promised land. Only the... Only Joshua and Caleb, who were part of the leaders, the leaders, and I emphasize that because nowadays, as children of God, we're all, like we were just saying, we're like a nation of priests. We're all, we can be those leaders. We're children of God. We have all the, uh, all the knowledge that is necessary to trust in the Lord, to know that He is powerful. And yet, when we're looking at it, of the situation, and it looks very dire, we might be inclined to think that, you know, we do see the land and, and, and the fruit, and here are some samples if you guys want to try, but um, we don't want to deal with that. It's, it's too much. We'd rather stay here in the desert or stay in the wilderness or go back to Egypt, you know, something. 
better than dealing with those giants. But you have been, all of us have been called for such a time as this. And this is the time that he is putting us right there and letting us look at this land that he has given you. He, he could have made you be born or live anywhere in the world. Yet this is the land he has you serving him in. This is the place that is the territory that he has given to you. And it's not just the physical territory, but also spiritual territory that you're battling for. But if you want to go into this battle, you have to be willing to trust that the Lord will be the one who will give you victory on this battle. Because if not, you're just going to be one of the ten spies that stays behind and doesn't even become a part of a battle or the victory or the blessings of the promised land. And you're just going to stay behind. So this is a time when when the Lord calls upon you and after this pandemic thing and everything that we've gone through that has been so different, when he asks you about your report, what do you see in this land that I have promised you? What do you see in this land that I've given all of you to live freely and worship me freely and gather freely and have your Bibles out in the open and all of that? What do you see? in this land. And when you come back to him with your report, only you know in your heart what it's going to say. Is it going to be, yes, we can do this because he's leading us into battle? Or will it be, no, the giants are just too big. I, I want out. It's a moment to, to take that kind of decision right now because the situation is complicated. And the time for battle, I believe, is now, like immediately. So we have to make a decision to either go forward or just, you know, throw in the towel and be like, I, I don't want to continue this fight. The giants are just too big. I, I don't want to do it anymore. And I want to tell you this because, as I was saying, all of you, we're all children of, of the Lord. We all know about him, just like these leaders did. And and I wonder, when they went into that promised land, like walked into the promised land as spies, they were leaders, therefore they knew about God, and I, they knew about his power, and they knew about his might. So if they didn't trust them, why were they even there? Why were they there? I mean, they had seen what he'd done. It hadn't been that long since it all happened. Because those 40 years come after this whole situation. The 40 years that they were in the wilderness come after the situation. It, it, it hadn't been that long since they had seen the display of his power greatly. And neither, it hasn't been long for us either. We have seen throughout this whole year, in spite of the, in spite of the hardship and everything, we have seen the display of his power in our lives. In all of our lives, we've seen his blessings, we've seen his, his provision, we've seen his care, we have felt his love even when we were like all alone, some of us, sometimes. We, we felt it. It hasn't been that long since we felt it. It hasn't been that long since we've seen his blessings in our lives. So if we're not ready to trust him, what are we even doing? Scouting the promised land, getting ready to take it back. What are we even doing? If, if we have come to this moment in our life where in because of everything that has been going on, we feel like we don't trust in his power anymore. It's 
a time to stop and rethink things and say, okay, yes, yes, Lord, I was focusing on the giants, but now I'm going to focus on you and what you can do. And I don't. I, it doesn't matter how big those giants might be. It doesn't matter how much territory they're occupying right now. It doesn't matter how powerful they seem to have become and how afraid I might even be of them. Because being brave in the Lord is not about not being afraid. It's about going forward, trusting Him, in spite of whatever it is that you're feeling. And today I, I want to urge all of you to rethink about your evaluation of the situation that your nation is in and what your report to the Lord would sound like if we were asked, if he would ask each and every one of you to go and be one of the spies before it was time to take over the land again. So what would your report sound like? What would it be like? I don't want you to tell me out loud. Just think about it in your mind and in your heart and just know and, and ask yourself, am I focusing on the victory of the Lord? Am I focusing on his power? Am I focusing on his promise? Because he promised this land to them. It was a done thing. It was a done deal. It was already a promise made by the Lord. Or am I focusing on the giants that before my eyes just look too mighty and too big or too powerful or too painful to deal with? So this morning I pray that the Lord puts in each of our hearts to turn our eyes back to him and to his power and his might and his glory despite of everything that's going on. Not because nothing is going on, but despite everything that's going on, to just look at him again and know that he is powerful enough to deliver your land, whatever your territory where he has you might be, from those giants that are occupying the land he has promised you. And that is what I had to say to you this morning, and I pray that the Lord would bless you. And it's been such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you this morning and seeing everybody because in Zoom, I only get to see you, Pastor Jim. And it's great to see the rest of you. <laughs> and may the Lord bless you all. And thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give you this. I want to tell you, this word spoke is speaking to me uh, in regards to um, just my life, but also my relationship, as Andrea said, to this country and what we see happening. Okay. In our lifetime, we've seen a lot of things change. We've seen marriage and what that means actually changed. We've seen lifestyles that have changed in your life. All of us could say, sure have, Jim. You've seen things that you've never thought you would see, especially as spoken of the pan pandemic and what's happened in that. The number of people have lost their lives, family members that are loved, dearly loved, even here. And the people we uh, have connections with lost their lives. We've got giants, folks. And the word that Andrea shared through the word of God to us today. What are we going to do? What will our report be? At times, I'll be honest with you, I feel like, hey, just throw the towel in. 
you know, let it be. I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of continuing on and and not necessarily with my natural eyes, not seeing anything. But you see, Caleb and Joshua, too, they went in there and as spoken of, they saw the same thing the others did. But there were 10 that saw that they were too big to overcome. But we know throughout Scripture, actually, God says that we're to see through eyes of faith. And if you're praying for this country or you're praying for your loved one who doesn't know Jesus or maybe you're praying for your neighbor or you're praying for your own self. You've got every everybody. We've got issues, haven't we? And you're looking at that and saying, hey, the medical community doesn't look like they can solve this problem. And certainly it doesn't look like it seems to be that everything is getting worse and worse in different ways. Then we can go that way. But if we choose, we see, isn't life just about choices every day, isn't it? On what we do, what we decide, what we think on, what we look at, what we speak. Everything in life is a, is a choice. And I want to, just as the invitation has been given today, let's make the choice to look at our situation like Caleb and Joshua did. They said, yeah, this giants, yeah. I don't ever deny things. Faith is not denying the reality of things. Faith is putting your your trust in a God that's bigger than your problem. Amen? That's where faith is. And so today I pray because you see that's the dealings of the Holy Spirit in this situation today. Only He can work in our hearts to where that is, is strengthened in us. We just can't all of a sudden fleshly work it up. But by God's Spirit, we can. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. And I believe if you ask today the Holy Spirit to give you that overcoming Spirit that God has in each one of us, or whether or not we recognize it or not, I believe He's faithful to do it. Amen? I believe that that's going to take place. But I believe it starts by asking. I think we can nonchalantly, you see like Andrea is reading that these were the leaders. These were the religious leaders. And as a leader in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, as a pastor, I can sort of like, because see, you know, more people look at me than what I really even realize on how I approach situations and how I deal with difficulties and so forth. And we're all models, certainly, but the leaders are models. And how are we going to look at the situation that we're in and asking God, because a lot of times we've, we've been praying for an awakening because I know Jesus is the only answer, and so do you. And we're looking, the more we pray, Lord, it looks like the worse it gets. But you see, those two that obviously believe God, because God said, I'm, I've given it to you. It's already a done deal, yes. And it's a done deal today. This country was obviously given to us to come and have religious freedom today. And I'll be honest with you, my whole perspective has changed in listening because I believe today that God can overcome these things that we see and He can turn these things around. Amen? Amen. He can turn them around. I don't care what you see because if you look at that crazy tube you look at on a regular basis, it's telling you just the opposite. On a, and it's pounding. It's pounding fear. It's found, pounding this uh, 
lack of trust. And yet, what does the word of God say? They overcame. And the Bible says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb. And if you know Jesus today, his blood covers us. Amen. He covers us. And so no matter what your situation is today, they're giants. Yeah, I don't deny them. And we pray for them. And we obviously we we know we have deliverance. We have freedom because Jesus came to set the captives free. And right now, I declare that to be so because that's God's word. So whatever it may be, have a heart change today. Have a heart that it says, okay, I've been going this way and I've been like the tent. But I'm changing. I'm going to be like the two with Caleb and Joshua. I'm going to change my heart today. Make that decision and watch what God's spirit does in your life. But you've got to step out and say, hey, I want some of that. And watch what God does. Because we need prayer warriors like in this. This church right now, I've always said, could turn this world upside down, so to speak. In favor of Jesus, if we'll pray. And pray like we never have before. Because only, only salvation is Jesus Christ. And I believe that God, when he says he wishes none to perish, but all to come to eternal life, I believe him and take him at his word. And I believe today that people need the Lord. And I believe today there's so many people, and I'm amazed because talking to Andrea, you know, you're looking at Ecuador, how many millions of people. You're looking at South America. You're looking at North America. You look, we have a lot of people in this world. And I'm telling you, our work is cut out for us, okay? Our job is there. And that is to pray. Start with your community. Start with your neighborhood. Start with your city. Start with your state. Start with the country and let it trickle right on down, whether it going through Central America, down to South America, all over all the continents as God's spirit would move and touch people all over the world. Because we know the truth is that Jesus is the only way. And there are people going out into eternity every moment of every day who have no idea who Jesus Christ is. I believe today we can make a difference, don't you? But we've got to believe we can't just continue on. Follow the crowd like Andrea's mentioned. We just follow along. We're just trying to get through life. I'm treading water, Jim. What else do you expect out of me? I don't expect anything. God just saying, hey, if you will put your trust in me, I'll have you swimming like Katie Ledecky. You all know what I'm talking about. If you watch any of the Olympics, amen. That's what he wants today. And he's just freely given it for all who will open their hearts. Amen. We're going to pray, make decisions, and then anyone like to come forward, I always put Andrea on the spot. <laughs> she can, anybody like to, she's going to linger. And anybody like for her to pray uh, for you, you can come forward and let her pray for you. She's a prayer warrior, her and her husband. And uh, let her pray for you. And then also, uh, we're going to have a prayer time with, for her also. Okay, amen. Heart's clear. Thank you, Father. Make decisions. Say, I'm, I'm choosing this day. Remember what Joshua said? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as far as me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. That's what he said. That's the word.
We're making a choice today. Amen. I'm making a choice today and looking at what I see happening in this country and what I'm seeing in lives that are devastated because of the enemy coming and wreaking havoc in their lives. I'm believing today that there's going to be a major deliverance. There's going to be a major influx of people today coming into the church house again. Because in this neighborhood alone, if they came in here, the place would be packed out. Pray. And ask God to do something only he can do. No one else can do it. Only Jesus. Only the power of his spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth today. You stirred, Lord, in our hearts by your spirit. Uh, a deep down yearning to know you. A deep down yearning to share you. To proclaim the good news. And Lord, today we accept that invitation that has been offered. And we open our hearts to you, Holy Spirit of God. Come and touch us and, and impart to us. Lord, just the, the things that you desire because of the needs in this place today. Whatever it may be, Holy Spirit, deposit it in our hearts. Drop it, Lord. Touch us. And make us come to that place and saying, Lord, this is not just another sermon. This is not just another song. There's something deep working in our hearts today that we can't even describe. But it's because of you and we thank you because you have not abandoned us. You haven't turned your back on us. You've not walked away from this country. We may think so, but you have not. And we ask you today, Father. That we would recognize that and we would respond to you in that manner. Because, Lord, we are, again, desperate for you. And we're lost without you, Lord. Desperate in need. Father, we love you. We praise you. You didn't have to send Jesus, but you did. We could be lost in our sins right now. But we're not because we know we've received. We believe, Lord. And we obviously know that transfer, that propitiation, theologically speaking has taken place. The great exchange. <laughs> Obviously, your salvation, Father, for our sins. We just lay it on you, Lord. Whatever that may be today, we confess it to you. And you said you're faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So, Lord, we ask you, people today in this place would, would get set free. Ask you, move, Holy Spirit, and set people free. And let us all have a change of heart as a church under the banner of Lighthouse Fellowship, but also, most importantly, the body of Christ, because we're all a part of that wonderful, awesome body from from all the way here, all the way as we've spoken of all over the world. Thank you. Father, do that. Do a supernatural work, Lord. We need to hear you speak. Your servants are listening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this time, this word. Thank you. We want to give a good report. <laughs> we want to give a good report, Lord. So change us. Change our hearts. If there be anyone here today who has never received Jesus Christ in your heart, you're not sure. Don't, don't leave this place unsure of it. I linger afterwards. I, know we can, I can talk to you today. Do not leave. If you've been, the Spirit of the Lord has touched your heart and, and you feel like there's something pulling, that's the Spirit of God. Let me talk to you. Let me pray with you. If you're not sure, you're not real sure. You've come to church maybe all of your life or part of the time, but you're not real sure if you're saved. Then come. Let's make it sure. Let's just nail it down today. Holy Spirit, bring that conviction, we ask. 
If you need prayer for healing today, come forward afterwards. We'll pray for you. If you feel like you're struggling with something, remember this. Jesus didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. <laughs> this is a place of refuge. We can come together in this body and we can, we can, Lord, confess our sins one to another and know that forgiveness is given and there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Thank God. Hallelujah. And we can be set free, but he doesn't want you carrying it. Whatever it may be, it may be a burden that you've carried all your life. It may be from an emotional wound. It may have been because when your childhood or whatever it may be, whenever, it doesn't make any difference. If you've been wounded, the Lord wants to heal that wound. Today, may come forward. Let me let us pray with you. We love we love to see God working in that. We want people free. That's my heart. Whatever the need may be, maybe you're having financial needs, whatever the financial need may be. It may be that you're just saying, I just can't make ends meet. Maybe God just wants to give you wisdom because, you know, he will take care of all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He will supply. It may be something he just wants to fine tune your life so that your finances will flow and you'll have an abundance in your life to be able to take care of you. I do believe he is so gracious and so good. Amen. He's blessed us. And so whatever that may be, whatever the concern, come forward at the end and we'll pray for you. Again, if you need prayer, come forward. We'll pray with you and, and uh, talk to, uh, welcome Andrea. Come forward before you leave and share with her uh, just your thoughts, whatever's come to your heart. She loves to hear that. She is, she has a heart for the Lord, her and her husband. And, um, when they passed her there and all this stuff's going on in the last three years that they've taken over, uh, it's been a marvelous time that they've had. They've had the challenge of the pandemic, yes. But uh, Kathy got a vision in Sunday school. <laughs> it was nice because we were talking about the fact that um, that Andrea said we're not open yet. And Kathy's standing there, sitting there, and immediately she got a vision that came across like a neon sign flashing and it said opening soon <laughs> and isn't that encouraging that God to give a vision amen your mind's eye and said opening soon so God wants to encourage you let's pray father thank you for this time and thank you for this wonderful day and father thank you for this lovely blessed group of people that have come together under the banner of love we pray your blessings. We pray, Father, today, if you, anybody does not know Jesus, that we open our hearts and say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you're the Savior of the world, and I want you as my personal Lord and Savior, and we ask, ask that you would forgive me and, and cleanse me because I've lived the lifestyle away from God and from the truth of Jesus. Father, we ask you to deliver, set free, heal, bind up, the brokenhearted, then wounded. People get wounded by different means and cleanse them, Father. We ask you to apply the balm of Gilead. The people would be healed in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your truth and your love. We pray this day will be a blessed week for each and every person watching, but also those who are in this congregation. May Jesus be praised. In his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We thank you for participating with us and you're participating. God's working. You watch what happens this week. 
when God in your life, you watch what happens. Open the eyes that we can see that, Lord. I believe that's going to happen to many that are watching this and also those in this place. I just believe God is never inactive. Remember that? God is never. He's always working on our behalf. Amen. Y'all have a blessed week. God bless. Thank you.